All right, guys, welcome back to Blockhash Exploring the Blockchain, episode 270. Today, we have an awesome guest on, Alex Zeltzer, CEO of Insure.ai, talking about fraud prevention and how they incorporate AI into helping solve this long-standing problem. Alex, welcome to the show. Pleasure to have you here. Thanks a lot, Brandon. Thank you for uh, having us over. Absolutely. Um, so to kind of kick it off and get it started, I'm sure the audience would love to know more about yourself and you know what you've done in the past. So give us a bit about your, your personal story and your backgrounds and how you kind of got into the line of work you're doing now. Sure. So um, half of my career with, uh, with large corporates and uh, I've run large organizations and run companies for uh, uh, com companies that were acquired by other companies. And uh, I was brought on to, uh, to run them, uh, running businesses uh, up to 150, 200 million in uh, revenues. Um, and then uh, after doing that for uh, slightly over a decade, uh, decided to kind of start, uh, you know, my career in startups and uh, launched uh, launched the first startup uh, in 2000 and, uh, in 2009, uh, delivering groceries in uh, in Dallas, Chicago, and Denver uh, pretty early on in uh, in that time frame. Um, did that for about seven years. Sold the company to a number of uh, of uh, uh, grocery chains uh, in the U.S. Um, came back home to Israel uh, with my family and then joined uh, another company to run it uh, called Zeke. Uh, Zeke was a gift card marketplace, very similar to Raise, if uh, you know if the audience is aware of what they do in the U.S. Um, and, and, and Zeke was a gift card marketplace, very, uh, uh, very, very fraud attractive, I would say. We found uh, we found that uh, fraud there is extremely difficult to fight, and uh, uh, decided to uh, create our own tools after we haven't been able to identify a tool that would provide good enough results. And after about three, four years of doing that, we realized that what we've created could be used by other uh, companies and other industries in general, decided to spin it out, um, brought uh, external investors to acquire the technology and the team, and actually formed Ensure AI as part of that. And, and that's how, you know, Ensure AI uh, came to life. Nice. What, what was the inspiration? Did you have an experience with fraud yourself? I know I have um, multiple times in the past. Um, was that the main driving force behind doing this or was it yeah, something else? Would, yeah, yeah, I would say, you know, we, we've encountered some fraud at the, at, at, the, at the grocery delivery service, but really it's Zeke with the gift cards. Um, you know, we launched the service in Israel and uh, we didn't see any fraud at first, zero. And then we launched, a, yeah, a few months later, we launched the service in the UK. Uh, on the first week, we were hit by 40% fraud, 4-0. Oh, wow. And, and by the way, it ended at 4-0 because we were ran out of inventory. It would have been much worse if we had more. And we didn't even figure it out. And on the first week, we were very happy because, you know, we, you know, we ran out of inventory. It's great. And then, you know, the chargebacks kept, uh, kept coming in and we realized that uh, we didn't have such a great business. And with that realization, we, we, we figured that, the, the, you know, the fraud prevention issue is so much bigger than we expected it to be. It became, uh, you know, we, we created own, an entire team and eventually an entire group of people that dealt with that uh, while, you know, while selling gift cards. And, uh, and that was really the inspiration behind it, realizing how difficult the problem it is and how lacking the existing solutions are. So what's the solution that you guys came up with with Insure to help solve this issue? Because it's been an issue for a very long time. I've dealt with it 
numerous times in all kinds of different ways. And fraud is, you know, really annoying to deal with. Um, so what's the methods, the methodology you guys use and what's the solution with Insure? So um, my, uh, my partner uh, and our CTO uh, has been, uh, you know, has been, uh, has been one of the founders at, uh, at Zeke as well. And uh, um, he, uh, he's been with AI, been in AI um, since very early days, I would say probably 2007, 2008, uh, dealing with natural language uh, understanding and recognition at the time. And he realized very early on that the only way to solve uh, the issue is by using vast amounts of data, looking at, uh, you know, thousands and thousands of different features in real time in order to try and make, you know, the, an accurate decision. Once we realized that, it was very, you know, it was very easy to identify, you know, what is it that we need to do on a very high level? And then solving the problem, you know, going uh, deeper and deeper into the details, understanding what are the, um, I would say, what are the specific issues that we're trying to solve? What are the different methods by which we can solve them is what brought us eventually to what we have today at Insure AI. Got it. Tell, tell me a bit more about the actual methods that you guys are using. Yeah, so I think uh, what what we've realized is that, and, and gift cards are similar in that perspective to crypto and, and mm -hmm. to other products, um, uh, is that when 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 you start selling uh, uh, products that are delivered immediately and can be resold for a value, what you encounter is not is not standard fraud or you know the fraud that uh, other people see in uh, in in, e in standard e-commerce. You encounter scalable fraud. You encounter a scalable fraud that is perpetrated by fraudsters that do this as a business. These are not the fraudsters that are trying to uh, you know to steal a pair of. Uh, of, of uh, uh, you know, crazy sneakers or a, a flight ticket or an iPhone. These are the people that go and acquire a list of stolen financials uh, uh, on, on, on the dark web, whether these are bank accounts or credit card information or PayPal accounts, and they need to turn them into more cash to, you know, to justify an, an, a return on their investment, basically. And, and, and they do that uh, by basically buying and selling stuff. And imagine the difference between buying and uh, and and reselling a thousand iPhones versus buying and reselling a thousand game codes for Xbox or a thousand uh, gift cards or crypto, obviously. Um, and and as a result of that, they invest heavily uh, uh, in into penetrating uh, uh, services that deal with these products. And as a result of that, they develop what we call very very scalable fraud patterns. Um, what we see is, is something that looks very similar to DDoS. These are not, you know, one-off uh, individuals that are trying to uh, to steal uh, uh, to steal specific items. These are really patterns of groups of individuals uh, that seemingly all of them seemingly legitimate. That uh, you know, unlike DDoS, they're not trying to crash your servers; they're trying to suck up all of your inventory. And what we do is we're trying to identify these patterns. We're not trying to identify a specific uh, um, identity. We're not trying to conduct identity verification and verify that the person behind the transaction is the actual owner of the, of, the, of the credit card or the bank account. What we're trying to do is to see if we can link groups of people that behave um, similarly that shouldn't really be there. It's not something that you can identify on the first transaction or the second transaction. Um, and I'll give you, you know, I'll give you an example um, you know, if someone is uh, hesitating, uh, you know, two seconds and 13 milliseconds before they punch in their password uh, and they do three mouse 
gestures before they go on and check out. On the first transaction, you can't really identify anything. But on the fourth, where the numbers are very, very similar to this one, you're saying, hey, there's a, you know, there's, there, there's a pattern emerging. Should we track it? And then when it happens on the fifth and sixth time, you, you start blocking it. And what you're doing by that is you're blocking the scalable fraud attacks. You're still letting some fraud go through, which is cost of doing business, but you're really completely annihilating the, 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 the scalable fraud patterns. And this is where we excel. And, and obviously, as the example of, you know, the, the, the hesitation before the password key in or whatever, there are thousands, if not tens of thousands of different features that we look at. Yeah, this is very interesting. It's a very interesting way of going about it, detecting these anomalies, no matter how big or small. Um, what's the repercussion um, and what's the percentage that it fails? And, you know, there is someone out there who's going to make a transaction, but they're not. Maybe they have ADD and they're like wherever with their mind and they're just flicking their mouse and they forgot their password and that could that something you know trigger it like are there potential situations where uh from a percentage standpoint maybe this would be maybe higher um in terms of not being accurate or um is the ai you know good enough to you know kind of determine someone's personal behavior patterns i'm not quite sure how the ai fits in yet yeah so 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 first of all you're you're completely right in in you know in describing the problem what were mm -hmm. what, what you mentioned is what we call uh, you know uh, on a, on the professional terminology is false positives right these mm -hmm. are people that are legitimate that for some reason we decide are fraudsters it does happen obviously um we pride ourselves at being able to sift through uh, uh, the different transactions and we Today, we approve between 95 and 98% of the transactions that go our way uh, for clients that have been with us for longer than three to six months, which means that uh, we approve uh, roughly 10 to 15% more than, than you know, uh, uh, other fraud tools uh, uh, that are there. Out of the you know, 5 to 2% that are left that we do decline, uh, and, and we do have control groups for measuring that and identifying, you know, what percentage of false positives we do have. It's roughly half. So half of what we decline are actually legitimate uh, customers that, uh, you know, that we failed in identifying. Uh, but still, this is significantly lower than what is normal in the environment. And what we're seeing in, in specifically in the crypto space is astonishing. How do you get those odds even even higher that you detect fraud and, and not accidentally think someone's activity is fraud? Do you just get into understanding behavioral patterns and maybe, you know, implementing it on someone's uh, phone or, you know, does a bank do this? Or maybe the better question is, is this meant for the bank and in, in a credit card company or is this meant for a user to integrate through a third party? So uh, that's, that's uh, you know, that's a great question. Um, the, 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 the key you know, users of this technology are whoever offers the service. So some banks could be, uh, you know, could be uh, uh, our clients. We do have a couple of those. Um, today, specifically in Web3, we do have a number of, uh, uh, of uh, crypto exchanges or on-ramps and, uh, and a couple of uh, NFT marketplaces that utilize our service. Um, and then what would happen is that we would screen transactions just before they happen, primarily on the fiat to crypto exchange. And that's, you know, that's the domain where we can help approve more. Uh, one of the things that we help on uh, primarily in, in, in this aspect is by reducing the need for identity verification mm -hmm. in crypto and in, 
in, in, in NFT today, you can see uh, uh, lots of companies utilizing, uh, you know, the, the biggest hammer that they can for identity verification, which is KYC. Uh, obviously, sometimes it's uh, required by regulation. So you have to, uh, you know, you have to do what you have to do. But a lot of the companies are are uh, going through KYC for every new account. And some of them are going through KYC on every other transaction. And what we are able to do, because we're not looking for identity verification, because we know that people don't want to share their identities when they're, you know, conducting uh, uh, their business on crypto or when they're conducting business in in, in these different domains, uh, not necessarily for, for bad reasons, but really for good reasons, right? They, they value their privacy. Um, and, and as a result, KYC simply doesn't offer uh, enough of a solution. What we do is we employ these behavior analytics and we employ these anomaly detections, trying to identify these uh, groups of people. And by eliminating that level of fraud, allowing the good, the good users to come, to come through. Uh, and we've seen that uh, extremely successful, in, specifically in these markets. Is this something you can imagine maybe being implemented into the crypto industry for maybe exchanges or top line wallets that want to help prevent fraud as well, but also want to let their users maintain a bit more of their uh, privacy and security? Exactly. I think that uh, you know, when you look at most fraud tools out there, they would ask you to verify an email address, to verify a phone number, uh, you know, to provide you with credentials of, uh, you know, or pictures of the RID, etc., this is something that that we believe is unnecessary, and it, and from our uh, you know from our data, it's uh, it's not very efficient. Um, you know, I can share with you that uh, from all of our crypto clients, we've uh, run uh, uh, a research on the first half of uh, 2022, and we realized that 76% of the fraud that got through was done by fully verified or fully KYC verified accounts, which means that, you know, the KYC verification simply doesn't help. And the only way to really, to really uh, block the, you know, the wrong users and allow the, the right users to go through is by employing something different than identity verification. And what we do is, is, is an example of that. Got it. Makes sense. Um, have you guys got some existing use cases or integrations so far? Are you working with anybody? Yeah, I don't want to mention specific names. Okay. Yes, we do have more than uh, one crypto exchange or an on-ram that is already using our service. Uh, we have an NFT marketplace already using our service. We have a number of payment services that are using our service and, and various different companies, um, prepaid, uh, prepaid companies, gaming companies, um, etc. What about insurance companies? I feel like this might be a really good like in tandem type partnership where they might be able to provide uh, better insurance rates or something or, you know, actually insure things that aren't normally insured by actually being able to identify actual fraud. Like I have a friend that's going through this right now and he's dealing with some fraud with his credit card and, um, you know, they, they won't give him the money back and they're making him pay off the debt and everything because they can't guarantee that he was actually uh, scams and they they took all the money and they took the cards even though he was yeah. um and i feel like if there was some fraud detection um like like ensure they could detect these anomalies you know based on maybe his behavioral patterns or how he spends like you guys are doing then maybe that insurance company behind the the credit card company would be like okay well we'll take care of it we'll give you the money back and credit it it's not your fault actually because we are able to use ai to detect this um, have you guys thought about maybe going that route too? I think it's very, uh, 
Yeah, makes sense. it's interesting that you uh, that you raised that question. We do have mm-hmm. two insurance companies on our investor side. Okay. So insurance companies do think that it has value for them. Um, they haven't figured it out, right? They don't know exactly how to do that yet. Uh, one of our investors is uh, is is AXA, which is uh, you know the biggest uh, insurance company worldwide. Another is an Israeli insurance company that has uh, decided to invest with us. Um, uh, we don't yet have a business model where we actually provide a an insurance coverage, right? So our business model is very similar to insurance companies where we guarantee the transactions, but mm-hmm. uh, but we're still not an insurance company and it's still not a regulated environment. But this is definitely something that we're uh, looking closely into with our investors to find a way to uh, you know to be able to eventually provide this as an insurance product. Is this domestically being implemented in Israel? Or are you guys doing this globally? No, so we, we do have a couple of clients in Israel, but it's a very small percentage of the business. Most of our business yeah. today is, uh, is, uh, is worldwide. We do have clients in the U.S. Uh, primarily, we do have clients in Europe and, and in Southeast Asia as well. Is there any type of regulation with this potentially that inhibits you, know, you guys being able to implement it in certain countries? Like, I'm not sure if there is, but just curious. Yeah, so there are some uh, there are some uh, um, um, regulations that are coming into uh, into different segments of the market in different geographies. There are some regulations in Europe um, um, where three D mostly uh, uh, requiring three D secure or what's called as you know two factor authentication or strong customer authorization, where you would get you know an and and uh, um, a text message to verify it's you as a second method of uh, of authorization, etc. But unfortunately, what we found is that fraudsters are very very good at uh, at uh, spoofing these as well, and uh, and eventually these um, you know these regulated uh, um, uh, these regulated services don't really prevent fraud. Eventually, I think that uh, the regulators would figure it out eventually, but uh, it takes time. Obviously, when you know when the regulator, when the regulatory uh, bodies try to cope with situations that uh, evolved on a, that evolved, you know, on a, on an hourly basis, they find uh, they find themselves lacking, um, and that's you know that's where services such as ours and 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 others in our domain come uh, come uh, as very become very effective. Absolutely. So what's next? What do you guys have on your roadmap, you know, coming up? How are you guys planning to grow and expand? Do you have any uh, cool, you know, tools or things you want to implement that are coming up in in the next year? Um, What's what's happening next? Yeah. So a lot of what we're doing is, you know, is strengthening the engine. And uh, primarily around behavioral analytics. I think uh, you know you you nailed it when you when you asked the question. The main thing here is for us to be able to identify the anomalies, and the anomalies we're trying to behave are in people's behaviors. So the main thing we're doing now is we're trying to find a way to fingerprint right based on behavior. So looking at uh, at how you traverse a certain website, we would know it is you. And um, and that's uh, that's something that's coming uh, that's coming in the uh, in the next couple of years, becoming stronger and stronger. Yeah, just to touch on that really quick, behavioral analytics. You know, I, I think you would have to like be on someone's phone, or yep. you'd have to have access directly to the end user, and then somehow bridge over to a major bank or credit card company, insurance company. You know, what whoever you're offering a service through or partnering with. Um, just because you got to collect data on how someone, you know, is exactly. swiping their card, what do they usually buy? 
or do they make multiple transactions in a day? Do they make a couple transactions in a month? Um, you know, that, that takes some time to curate, put together, but I mean, you know, if you can do it, I mean, it's going to make it very, very effective. Exactly. So, so yes, with all our merchants, uh, you know, all of our clients, we do have a snippet that's, you know, that goes on the, on the app that goes on the webpage, wherever. And we do track all consumer behavior. We do track every mouth, mouse gesture, every click, every keyword, you know, keyboard strike, all of it on, on the client side. And we do work with, uh, you know, with very large uh, partners that um, that uh, curate information that is more, I would say, uh, um, uh, uh, you know, more standard. We do look at all the email addresses and IP addresses. We get we gather a lot of uh, cyber intelligence. We do we do uh, traverse the dark web as well to identify, you know, if there are certain accounts being sold. You know, uh, there are accounts being sold by all of the major banks you are familiar with, all of the major exchanges, there's always, you know, a bunch of accounts on sale for Binance. You can buy an account for Binance for a hundred bucks, fully KYC, go do whatever you want to do with it. So we traverse the dark web for gathering that information as well. All that goes into our machine learning models and, uh, and helps us uh, determine eventually whether a certain transaction is, is you know, is fraudulent or, or, or legitimate. Okay, one more question that just had one pop into my head. But how do you guys, you know, with that coming up in the next couple of years, all this behavioral analytical stuff um, that'll help with the fraud prevention, how do you maintain that data privacy for the end user? Um, because that's that's very interesting stuff to a large company or a bank, you know, anyone that wants to figure out how you're spending your money. There's lots of ways for them to take advantage of that. Um, so is there a way for the end user to opt in or to sell that data or what are you guys thinking in terms of working through that problem? Yeah. So, so first we're completely GDPR and CCPA compliant, which means we store the data in a way that obviously, uh, uh, uh assures the privacy of all of that. And we never got the data that, uh, that, uh, the individuals didn't, uh, uh, the consumers didn't uh, uh, opt in to, uh, you know, providing to the uh, to the merchants that we uh, provide the service for. Um, on the back end of that, we do not sell the data to anyone. We're, you know, we're not allowed to do that, so we don't do that. Uh, we do generate some very interesting insights on, I would say, a, 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 an aggregated view. So there are very interesting pieces of information we can sell, but not on individual consumers. That is something we don't do. We're, you know, we we wear the white hats obviously. Got it. Um, so where can people go to learn more about Insure? Just the website? Do you guys have documentation somewhere? Are you guys building out a community? Where would you like to direct people? Yeah. So, so first of all, go on the website, insure.ai is our website. Uh, you, you, can get, you can get a link on that to our documents, our docs.insure.ai and, and see you know, our APIs and everything is obviously uh, completely open and, and shared with the community for people to be able to use and, and make it and take advantage of. So I would urge you to go to ensure.ai. And for those of you that are programmers, go, uh, go check us, uh, go check our APIs out on, uh, on docs.ensure.ai. What about you? Can people find you online? Um, on LinkedIn, primarily on LinkedIn. Okay. Primarily. Yeah. Perfect. Guys, go check out Alex on LinkedIn, go check out ensure.ai and everything they're doing with fraud prevention. Make sure to like the video and subscribe if you have not already. Alex, thank you for taking the time to come on the show. Really appreciate it. Really good episode. Let's do it again in the future, man. Thank you very much, Brandon. Happy to be here. Anytime. All right. Take care. Have a good week. Talk soon. Bye-bye.